Zero RB, zero RB, zero RB, zero RB. USA, 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 USA. Told you so, told you so, told you so, told you so, told you so. Congratulations! You did it! And over there! Congratulations! You did it! We all did it! We won! We won fantasy football! We did it! It's only week one, but still, why not celebrate? It's fun! It's fantasy football! Yeah! We won! What the fuck did you win? We won week one, man. We won week one. Let us have it. Please, let us have week one. We're having a good time playing a game. Please allow us to continue to have a good time playing a game. Because some of you are bothered by these histrionics. I understand it. This is not the show that the first time listeners should be tuning into. If you're tuning into this show, the hope is that you've already been indoctrinated into the style of Roto Underworld Radio with Matt Kelly. This is not the best episode to introduce someone to the show. No, this isn't the episode to show them. They're like, hey, this is a fun, interesting show. No, this isn't the show. People that get the show are going to love this show. People that don't get the show are going to hate this show. And we have a lot of people that hate listening to this show. And so they're not going to turn the podcast off. I've told them over the course of weeks and months and years, turn the podcast off. You don't like the histrionics? You don't like my style? Turn the show off. But they don't. They continue to listen. But I know the majority of this audience wants this show done this way. You want Celebration Radio. You want Told You So Radio. You want the Rocky Anthem, for Christ's sake. We won! Yeah, high five! You in the audience! You in the audience! High five! Yeah, fist bump! Doesn't make a sound! Fine, another high five! We're great! We're all great! Everyone that listens to this show that implemented Zero RB is doing a great job! We're all doing a great job! This is great! Everybody's doing great. You all have sent me screenshots of your teams completely obliterating the competition over and over and over and over again over the last 48 hours. And do not stop doing that. Never stop emailing me these rosters stocked with the wide receivers we touted and the running backs we touted completely Smashing and crushing your opponents. You can never stop that. You understand that? Never stop sending me those screenshots. I feed on them. I am in front of this microphone having consumed hundreds of epic fantasy performances over the last weekend. And I'm ready to explode in front of this microphone with an enthusiasm that's never been seen before, never been heard before in the history of fantasy football. We did it! 
Zero RB is just the way. If you're doing it any other way, you're doing it wrong. Even in the Scott Fishbowl, where they award a premium for running back carries. And it's super flex, so you can start two quarterbacks. Even in that format, zero RB was still the way to go. In that format, Larry Fitzgerald is my number six wide receiver. And I'm on the leaderboard in the top 50, along with a number of other Roto Underworld analysts and fans of the show. Why? Zero RB. And not just any zero RB. Zero RB with wide receivers like Brandon Cooks and running backs like Theo Riddick. That's zero RB. Looking at the Scott Fishbowl leaderboard, there is one interesting name that is showing up in the top 50. We tweeted out the link at Roto Underworld. And if you scroll down, you'll see the name that I'm referring to. There's one name on this list in the top 50 that makes me sad. Number 39, your FF coach, Jack Delaney, was one of the top teams. Because of course he was. Why? Because a monkey could win with zero RB at this point. Jack Delaney wrote a book about zero RB. He may have plagiarized it from Sean Siegel. He may not understand the fundamental tenets of the strategy, but he still wrote a book about it. He's still drafting wide receivers early. So, mm. so even a fraudulent fantasy football analyst can finish in the top 50 just by implementing the right strategy. Even if he doesn't know what he's doing, the right strategy goes a long way. Just ask Jack Delaney, your FF coach. It's a funny name because he's no one's FF coach, but he's your FF coach. Yeah, right. But I don't want to talk about my team in the Scott Fish Bowl. That team is unfair. I started Antonio Brown, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cook. So that team's just, forget that team. We're not talking about that team. That team is on another planet. I want to talk about an expert league team I drafted in the Apex Experts Writers League. Because guess who I faced in week one of the Apex Expert Writers League? This show, by the way, brought to you by Apex Fantasy Leagues. Apex Fantasy is the best place to play seasonal fantasy football for money. With a skill-based format and industry-leading payouts, Apex ensures the best fantasy players win big. Apex is now offering Dynasty Leagues too. So go to apexfantasyleagues.com, sign up today. Looking at this Apex Writers League box score. At Roto Underworld versus at Mike Clay NFL. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was perfect. It was just the most perfect thing. It was the most perfect thing. The guy that goes wide receiver times six against the guy that went zero wide receiver. And it was just perfect. You couldn't have scripted this. If we were writing a script about fantasy football for Hollywood, you couldn't script this better. Mike Clay, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Kelly, Cam Newton. Advantage, Mike Clay on that one. Advantage, Mike Clay. Aaron Rodgers did outscore Cam Newton by a point in Cam Newton's most difficult matchup of the season. <laughs> RB1 slot, Mike Clay, David Johnson, Matt Kelly, Jonathan Stewart. Oosh, yes. Advantage, Mike Clay. Now here we go. This is where. This is where. This is where. This is where, <laughs> this is where ESPN's Mike Clay realizes, oh no, I really wish I drafted some receivers. Here it is. The RB2 slot, Adrian Peterson against TJ Yeldon. Massive advantage, TJ Yeldon. RB3 spot, I don't have one. I'm just doing receivers and flex. 
Mike Clay played a running back in flex. It was Eddie Lacy, eight points. Okay. Wide receiver faceoff. WR1 slot. Mike Clay, Tavon Austin, five points. Matt Kelly, Allen Robinson, 13.2. Not great, but certainly crushing Tavon Austin. Will Fuller, 21 points. Congratulations, Mike Clay. You hit on a wide receiver late. That's hard to do. Unfortunately, my WR2 was Brandon Cooks. <laughs> and Julian Edelman and Allen Hearns facing off against Vincent Jackson. Advantage, Roto Underworld. Advantage, zero RB. And just to add insult to injury, my last round pick, my tight end, Austin Safarian Jenkins, catches a beautiful 30-yard touchdown. Mike Clay's tight end was Crockett Gilmore. You can't make this up. You just can't make it up, man. You can't make this up. But it gets better. You think, oh, you can't. No, Hollywood. Yes, you can. It gets better. Want to know why it gets better? My kicker was, of course, Dan Bailey. <laughs> Mike Clay's being destroyed. He's like, he was chomped up into little bits and bites. <laughs> Just little bits. Like, just ground into little bits of a person. <laughs> it's just... That's what facing a zero RB roster does to people. I'm sure it drives them insane. Value-based drafters, robust RB people, they must drive themselves insane looking at these box scores. It's getting pummeled by wide receivers. It's amazing. And then, in case we had to go to the benches... I only had Theo Riddick and Charles Sims and Chris Hogan on the bench. <laughs> just in case. Just, just in the off chance. <laughs> if TJ Eldon stepped in a pothole in pregame warmups, we had Theo Riddick ready to go at a moment's notice. Zero RB. It's so good. It's so good. Let's look at the MyFantasyLeague.com running back ADPs and let's just scratch out the top 30 running backs, okay? Just scratch out the top 30. Let's look at what the running backs were capable of. We start with D'Angelo Williams. 143 yards and two touchdowns to go with six receptions for 28 yards. <laughs> no, but you should be drafting a running back in the first round. No, you should. You really should. Yeah, you should. You definitely should. You shouldn't be drafting... A.J. Green in the first round. No, 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 take a running back. He should be drafting Brandon Cooks in the second. No, nonsense. Take a running back. After D'Angelo Williams, outside the top 30. Ah, oh, Mir Abdullah. Ah, oh, Mir Abdullah. Just one of the most electric running backs of the NFL. Over 100 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. After that, T.J. Eldon. Whoa, T.J. Eldon. Well over 20 touches and a touchdown. Uh, workhorse back. Uh, who needs that in round nine, right? And I'm just getting started. LeGarrette Blunt, workhorse, touchdown scorer. Charles Sims, touchdown. Spencer Ware, top five running back performance. Led his team in both rushing yards and receiving yards. Drafted in the double-digit rounds in every league. Spencer Ware. Theo Riddick, why not? Theo Riddick's next. 
Just two touchdowns, one passing, one receiving. Active in all phases. Can't be stopped. (laughs) Available in round 9 and 10 because why not? I'm good at running back. It's fine. I'm good at running back. I got my running backs early. I'm all set with Lamar Miller, Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, and Frank Gore. I'm I'm set at running back. I don't need Theo Riddick. (laughs) Right? Right? I mean, what? Like, and as a bench stash, why not Tevin Coleman, who rolled up almost 120 all-purpose yards with an even touch distribution between he and second-round pick Devontae Freeman? <laughs> One guy in the second round, the other guy in the 11th round. One guy's posting seven fantasy points. The other guy's posting 17 fantasy points. Hmm, which one should I pick? I don't know. Jeez, I don't know. It doesn't matter. You don't have to make that decision. Because when you go zero RB, you're just never considering Devontae Freeman ever. It's just never even entered your mind. It's just when someone drafts Devontae Freeman, a running back with an uncertain role, ticketed for timeshare running back duties, splitting time with the obviously more talented Tevin Coleman. You see someone drafting that player in the second round, you just have to chuckle to yourself. (laughs) What? And there's Tevin Coleman sitting there in the 11th round, waiting for me to hit the draft button again. Every team, Tevin Coleman draft. Every team, Tevin Coleman draft. Every team, Tevin Coleman draft. We're not much for the eye test on this show, but watch the game. I mean, watch the game. One guy is super explosive. The other guy's pretty good. Devontae Freeman's pretty good. I don't think he's bad. I think he's pretty good. I just think that unfortunately for him, he shares a backfield with an elite running back talent in Tevin Coleman. And the thing that Tevin Coleman did that I could never have imagined that blew my head completely off. If you came to my house on Sunday, you would have just seen a man with legs and a torso just walking around, bumping into walls, just bumping into walls because I couldn't fucking believe that Tevin Coleman logged more receptions than Devontae Freeman. Like most things I saw, I could explain that was the stunner of the stunners. If there was one box score that left me pleasantly perplexed, it was the Atlanta Falcons running back box score. What? I mean, more targets for Tevin Coleman? What? I mean, I felt really good about Tevin Coleman this year as a runner. But this idea that he could catch more passes than Devontae Freeman, that possibility never once fired a neuron in my brain. Not once! And when it did fire, Brain matter caked on the walls and windows. Unbelievable. And I know what you're thinking. Who is this guy? Why is he spending 20 minutes on a victory lap? My waivers are running tonight, mansion. Give me actionable information. Give me that free advice that I paid for with this free podcast. I'll give you some free advice later. I'll give you some more advice when I'm fucking ready to give you some more advice. I'm not finished celebrating yet. So excuse me. I'm drinking a beer right now. When I'm finished drinking this beer, I'll listen to what you have to say and maybe I'll tell you what I think about some waiver wire wide receivers. Maybe if I feel like it.
I know some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, this person is the worst person I've ever heard on a podcast. I, I understand that. I am not for everyone. I know this. We're past episode 200. We've been saying it for over 200 shows. We're not for everyone. It's fine if you don't like this broadcasting style. It's absolutely fine. Fortunately, there's only 776 other... I don't know why that number ran. There's only precisely 766 other fantasy football shows that are going to tediously go through the list of potential pickups on the waiver wire today. They will do that for you. They'll do all the research for you. They'll stack rank all the players for you so you know who to pick up in your league. Because heaven forbid you use your own brain to make your own fantasy football decision. No, no, you want to hook up to my brain? And my brain powers your mouse as you navigate your fantasy football site. Fine, fine. That's coming later in the show. But 20 minutes isn't enough. Week one was too good. But there are legions of you in this audience that do not like me and you only exist to criticize me. I know this because I have a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search Roto Underworld Radio and you can see the legions of haters that swirl around this show. The buzzards blot out the sun at this time of year. You are ravenous and you want to peck my eyes out, reminding me of my bad sports opinions. But we're having a little bit of a problem after week one. There's a little slight problem. The buzzard flock is having a problem because they're searching and searching and searching and searching. They've created a relay system so that buzzards from other flocks can extend their reach out and create a perimeter that's hundreds and hundreds of miles to find the bad advice I gave on the Roto Underworld podcast. And after week one, it is a nationwide search to find the bad advice. He must have been wrong about something. We need to get this guy. He told us Todd Gurley would be overrated. Stay away from Adrian Peterson. Oh, damn you. Whatever you do, get Brandon Cooks. God damn. If you're not the one implementing zero RB in your draft room, you're the mark in that draft room. Oh, shit. He's right. Damn it. Foiled again. Oh, the beauty is that there's one of you in every draft room. We now have one zero RB minion in most draft rooms. So most of the haters have that one team in their league they can point to and just scowl at. He probably listens to Fantasy Mansion. I remember when Fantasy Mansion was wrong about Blake Bortles. We'll get him again. I know you'll get me again. In fact, the relay-driven extended buzzard flock found it. They found the thing. They found the nugget of criticism. They found the place where I was the wrongest. They found it, and they've dropped it on my head. It's raining buzzard feces. Buzzard feces is raining on my head, reminding me of one bad sports opinion in particular. They found it. They found the thing. They found the bad advice. You want to know what it was? You're not going to believe it. I mean, I want to tell you because it's so unbelievable, but because it's so unbelievable, I don't want to tell you because I'm afraid you're not going to believe me because it's just so unbelievable. You want to hear what it is? Do you want to know what the buzzards found? The place where I was so wrong this offseason? Do you want to know? It's it's unbelievable. It's just unbe- it's unbelievable that this is the thing the haters are latching on to. This is the, I just can't believe this. I just can't. I just can't. I can't believe this is the thing. 
Of all the things, of all the things, this would be it. This is what they found. They went back to March, and the haters have pulled a video from the archive in which I state flatly that it would be a mistake for the Los Angeles Rams to draft Carson Wentz over Jared Goff. nullifies all of my previous opinions all the free advice i offered previously nullified invalid why because i thought jared goff was a better quarterback prospect than carson wentz the 21 year old jared goff who by every measure looked like a better quarterback prospect than the 23 year old carson wentz whose statistics underwhelmed at north dakota state that's the place that's where you got me It's funny because apparently the entire NFL scouting industrial complex was also wrong because Jared Goff ended up being the number one overall pick. I merely said the number one overall pick was a better pick than the number two overall pick. And we've yet to see the number one overall pick play. So we have no idea who will end up having the better career, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. But that's the place? Think about that for a second. Think. Think that that's the spot. That's my soft underbelly? That's the place? I mean, <laughs> okay. Okay. Got me. <laughs> Carson Wentz, like Blake Bortles, will probably be better than I thought he would. Okay. Okay. Let's all go back to value-based drafting. It's time to drop Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Thompson. We don't need those players, right? Let's go trade for Matt Jones now. How about that? Or Demarius Thomas. Let's go trade for him. It's a good idea, right? Right? Because that's what I'm hearing. Zero RB is not all it's cracked up to be, Matt Kelly. I took your advice and I drafted Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, and Sammy Watkins, and my team's a mess. It's your fault, Fantasy Mansion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa! Whoa! First of all, there's no bulletproof fantasy football strategy. Every fantasy football strategy can be laid low if you pick all the wrong players. If all your players bust, obviously. There's no foolproof strategy. If there was, everyone would have been doing it 20 years ago. No, it doesn't exist. And those people drafting Demarius Thomas unknowingly reveal that they don't even listen to the show because we've said on multiple occasions that Emmanuel Sanders is a better receiver than Demarius Thomas and that Demarius Thomas was one of the most overrated wide receivers in fantasy. And we listed a number of other wide receivers you should be drafting over Demarius Thomas, including Eric Decker, Doug Baldwin. How'd Doug Baldwin do? Remember Doug Baldwin? How many times did I have to defend Doug Baldwin on these airwaves as he was routinely called a fluky player by my guests. How many times? A lot. Doug Baldwin's really good. And he's going to be the target leader for the Seattle Seahawks. And you should have been drafting him in the fourth round over every running back available in the fourth round. Definitely over Demarius Thomas. My God. Demarius Thomas had the most inefficient volume-adjusted season for a wide receiver in 2015. I'm not drafting that guy. And now he's 28. I'm not drafting that guy ever, 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 ever am I drafting that guy. No one that appreciates on-field efficiency 
drafted Demarius Thomas in 2016. So don't come to me with a zero RB sob story featuring Demarius Thomas. And don't cry to me about Sammy Watkins either, because I told you, get a calendar, look it up. When did he get hurt again? How many wide receivers have to break their foot before we learn not to draft wide receivers who just broke their foot? This is the most obvious thing. All I do is sit in front of this microphone and say obvious things. Like the number one wide receiver in the second half last year, Doug Baldwin's good at football. The most obvious things. You shouldn't draft Sammy Watkins. You're better off trying to trade for him in October after he's proven healthy. That was my advice. Now what? So yes, you have to pick the right players. But that's why we're celebrating today. Because we implemented the right strategy and we picked the right players. Yeah! We did it! That's why we're celebrating! Hello? (laughs) But oh, Matt, you really... Celebrating your good calls on Twitter and on your podcast is off-putting, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I don't disagree with that. This entire show will be completely off-putting to many people. And I love it. I love it. I want to be off-putting. Because why not? There's 776 other podcasts. I'll be the off-putting one. Why can't I do that? I don't know. Why not? This is America. Only in America can you be me. I could just sit in front of this microphone and talk shit for an hour. And people love it. This is the American dream. I am living the American dream. I am the dusty roads of fantasy football. USA. 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 When you're getting into a pool, most of us like to talk about just diving in, but when it actually comes time to get in the pool, what do most of us do? We wade in slowly. I'm just gonna jump right in. No, you're not. You're not. It's easier to wade in slowly. It's really shocking to just jump into a cold pool. This pool, this podcast takes some getting used to. I hope there are very few of you who are jumping into the show for the first time today, because it's shocking. And for a lot of you, it's gonna be off-putting. And that's fine. It's fine. You don't like my bravado. Cool. You think I'm pretentious. That's because I am pretentious. Of course I'm cavalier and pretentious. That's who I am. Would you rather me disguise myself? Yeah, I just had a good week this week. Uh, Yeah, you know, got lucky on some players. Implemented that zero RB strategy. Yeah, it wasn't my idea, you know, but I implemented it and it worked out. But anything can happen. So maybe next week we lose a bunch of games and we're back to 500. But we'll just continue to stay focused, make some waiver wire pickups and hope for the best. I mean, is that what you want? Is that what is what? Is that what you want? Fake humility? Or do you want me to just pull up a list of waiver wire ads and just drone on one by one by one by one? Yeah, some of you want that. You've made it crystal clear that you don't like the show. I get it. I am brash and I'm pretentious. I sit here oozing with confidence and you hate it. You don't like strident sports opinions backed by analytics and advanced metrics. You don't like that. Clearly, some of you don't. I've heard from you via every digital medium invented. You'd rather listen to wishy-washy, lukewarm, mayonnaise takes supported by anecdotal gibberish. That's apparently what many of you want. And there are plenty of fantasy football podcasts out there for you. 
Maybe it's a good thing that you're tuning in for the first time today so you can know, hey, this host has too much bravado for me. I find him off-putting. He's super pretentious. I can't take the arrogance. Fine. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Go listen to someone who doesn't think that they're the smartest fantasy analyst. But then ask yourself a question. Why are you listening to a show if it's not the best? I do the show because I think what we offer, strong opinions backed by data, that's what we do. I think it's the best. If I didn't think it's the best, I wouldn't sit in front of this microphone. So if I think I'm the best, why wouldn't I exude confidence? So many of you want emotional dishonesty from your sports broadcasters. That's not happening here. I will put my intellect up against anyone. ESPN's Mike Clay. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Why am I so confident? Because the Roto Underworld Game Analyst team has grown to 25 people. We are now one of the industry leaders in advanced metrics, and I have a unique window into these advanced metrics. But we also give the window to you. Playerprofiler.com forward slash data dash analysis. You can query all the advanced metrics I have access to. And we supplement the data by bringing on the best minds in the industry. Rich Rebar, Evan Silva, JJ Zacharyson. They all come on this show so we can learn as a collective. And what happens when you take predictive, actionable data and you mix it with the perspectives of smart people in the industry? What happens? You create the fantasy sports equivalent of Galactus Eater of Worlds. That's what this has become. I feel like the Voltron of sports takes. Player profiler legs. Now add the Roto Underworld arms. And now add the werewolf head of Fantasy Mansion. Yeah! We did it! Why not? Why not? I mean, why not? Let's do it! Form Fantasy Sports Voltron. I just wanted to do that again. That was so great. That felt so good. Well, there's that one league. There's a two-quarterback league where I own Russell Wilson, Tyrod Taylor, and Teddy Bridgewater. I lost that matchup. I did. I lost a matchup this week. I lost. Woo! Beaten by a member of the Roto Underworld Game Analyst Team. Because of course! Because of course! That's what happened. Beaten by Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah. Because that's how it happens. That's how it's going to end one day for me. I am walking into this warehouse with six guns strapped to my back. It's abandoned. There's dust in the air. Sunset sunbeams are beaming into the windows, glittering on the dust. Empty warehouse, and all you can hear are my footsteps. Until I see the other fantasy analysts. Maybe they didn't implement zero RB. Maybe they were touting Demarius Thomas. Maybe they foolishly thought that Sammy Watkins was 100%. I don't care! And then I walk out! The only one still alive! And then I hear the click. The one guy standing outside the warehouse was a member of the Roto Underworld team all along. And that's how it's gonna end for me! One of my own is going to take me down and take over this microphone, but it's not going to happen now. No, 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 no. One day, one day, one of you will rise up. It will happen. I have already foreseen it. 
not yet. I mentioned earlier, J.J. Zacharyson. He told me on Twitter, listen, man, you're going pretty far with this victory lap. This is my best friend in the industry. And I look, and I thought, first of all, you're saying that as you're on your 30-second Jeff Fisher tweet of the night. And what the hell are you talking about? We're analyzing a fake game. This is a fake game. Why wouldn't you celebrate fake game success? We are the professional wrestling of sports gaming. That's what fantasy football is. Fantasy football is less serious than professional wrestling because at least professional wrestling is in and of itself a pseudo sport. We're not even a sport. We're a fake game on top of another sport. And I'm supposed to take it seriously? I'm supposed to temper my enthusiasm? What the fuck are you talking about? What? I need to tone it down. Shh. This is fantasy football. This is serious stuff. You can't be waving your arms around and raising your voice like that. Okay, I think this victory lap has gone on long enough. Okay, okay, that's enough. Enough out of you now. You're going to be wrong next week. Be careful. <laughs> no! Fuck that! It's a fucking celebration, bitches! I guess I need to give you some waiver wire advice. <sighs> I guess. All right. This is exactly what I am doing. At running back, I'm picking up nobody. Because my running backs are named Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blunt and Tevin Coleman. And they're all doing great. Even Chris Thompson scored a touchdown. So you're not dropping Chris Thompson. You're picking up Chris Thompson. But I already own Chris Thompson. So I'm doing nothing on the waiver wire running back. At wide receiver, here's what I'm doing. Nothing. I drafted six wide receivers to start in every league. So even the leagues in which I own Keenan Allen, it's not a big deal. But I'm hearing, oh, geez. Zero RB people that drafted Keenan Allen are all the sads, quote-unquote. All the sads, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's right. I mean, we're all the sads because we drafted Keenan Allen. Hmm. Here's the problem. When you're value-based drafting and you're drafting Keenan Allen as one of a bunch of positions you're drafting early in a draft, you must get production from Keenan Allen. If Keenan Allen goes down in week one, you are finished! The Keenan Allen injury perfectly illuminates the dangers of value-based drafting and why you need to implement zero RB. The zero RB drafters are the ones who are weathering the Keenan Allen injury the best. 
you simply can't take chances with the most important position in all of fantasy football, the wide receiver. When you draft Keenan Allen as one of your six wide receivers to start your draft, and let's just say hypothetically you start five wide receivers, three receivers to start, two flex, hypothetically, guess what? My sixth wide receiver who will replace Keenan Allen, his name is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, who was one of the NFL leaders in target share in week one. Whether it's Sean Hill or Sam Bradford, they will have radar lock on Stephon Diggs for the remainder of the season. So my advice is, if you didn't draft Stephon Diggs in the sixth round, which we told you to do on numerous shows, go trade for him. Take one of your second round bunk running backs like Devontae Freeman and go trade for Stephon Diggs. There's some free advice for you. I would say go pick up Jermaine Curse and Chris Hogan because they both went over 10 fantasy points and they were starters for efficient offenses. But because they were starters for efficient offenses, I already picked them up before the season started. I don't have any new waiver wire players to talk about because because we already gave you all the current waiver wire gems as sleepers before the season started. Here's some free advice for you, suckas. Just enjoy the team you drafted for the rest of the season and enjoy your fantasy football championship. That's my week two waiver wire advice. The end. All right, if you know how to use iTunes and you can see how much time's remaining in the show, obviously you know that wasn't the end. If you stuck around to the outtakes, I know that I have a responsibility to this audience to provide actual information that's actionable. Some of you did lose Keenan Allen, and you're worried about Tyler Lockett, you're worried about Corey Coleman, you want to pick up a wide receiver. I get it. So this is what I'm actually doing at the wide receiver position. I'm putting in a bid on Terrell Williams and hoping to get Terrell Williams, but I'm not going to break the bank on Terrell Williams. I like Terrell Williams. We've talked about Terrell Williams on this show. Incredible upside. 1038, 98th percentile catch radius on playerprofiler.com. Is it Terrell or is it Tyrell? I have no idea. I don't have a television. I don't watch the games. Anyway. The problem with Tyrell Williams is that he only posted a 30% dominator at Western Oregon. So in college, he underperformed his athleticism. That's a red flag. And he's only in his second year. So you take a wide receiver that underwhelmed at a small school, and then you install him as the starter at the professional level in his sophomore season. That seems to me like a stretch. The other problem is that Tyrell Williams' skill set is very similar to Travis Benjamin. So Tyrell Williams is a redundant asset with Travis Benjamin. Now, Dontrell Inman, on the other hand, looks like a one-for-one replacement of Keenan Allen. He doesn't have that 117.0 82nd percentile Spark X score like Tyrell Williams does. No, but Dontrell Inman has something invaluable, NFL experience. He's 27 years old, and he also has a tremendous catch radius, 1021, 86th percentile, because his agility score, 1066, 97th percentile. We know a couple things about Keenan Allen. 
He was incredibly agile and strong at the catch point. Those are the two traits that Dontrell Inman brings to the table. So I think that Dontrell Inman will slide into the Keenan Allen role in that offense. He just won't command the same target share because of course he won't. Keenan Allen was one of the best wide receivers in the league. There's no way Keenan Allen's backup, no matter who he is, would command a Keenan Allen target share. But Dontrell Inman will run Keenan Allen's route tree. I think Dontrell Inman could be a volume slot flanker in that San Diego offense. The Chargers led the league in pass attempts last season. So I believe Dontrell Inman will start in two receiver sets. He'll play the flanker role. Travis Benjamin will play X. And then I think they'll move Dontrell Inman into the slot in three receiver sets. And in every case, I think that he will be one of Phillip Rivers' primary reads. He's not an exciting talent. Yards per target last year, 7.7. Production premium, negative 1.4. Both 60th in the league. He's very much an average NFL slot flanker receiver. But as an experienced starter in that offense, he projects to post 80 receptions and 1,000 yards. When we update the playerprofiler.com full season ranks, he'll be ranked ahead of Tyrell Williams because there's a lot more certainty with the Dontrell Inman projection than the Tyrell Williams projection. Tyrell Williams is an exciting talent, a big play receiver. He could be this year's Martavis Bryant. It's in Tyrell Williams' range of outcomes. It is. But the probability is low that he'll outproduce Dontrell Inman. It's a cliche, but Tyrell Williams has the higher ceiling has more upside. He's the guy you want to stash if you have a very strong wide receiver core like most of us do. That's why I'm trying to stash Tyrell Williams. I don't need to start him, so I'm going to stash the guy with the 130.7 88th percentile burst score, the 80th percentile agility score. I'm going to stash that guy. That guy's Tyrell Williams. But in leagues where I need to pick up a starter, I'm picking Dontrell Inman. When you're looking at waiver wire wide receivers, you want to focus in on the San Diego depth chart because that's the depth chart that lost a player permanently. Quincy Anunua is an exciting player. I'm more excited about Quincy Anunua's long-term potential than any of the other players we've talked about, than Dontrell Inman or Tyrell Williams or Robert Woods. But Quincy Anunua is still the number three receiver for the New York Jets. He's not going to be a consistent fantasy producer unless Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker get hurt. But if Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker get hurt, Quincy Anunua could be a mega producer in the NFL. So he, like Tyrell Williams, has a higher ceiling than Dontrell Inman. But if I need assured production in week two, I'm going to go with Dontrell Inman over both Williams and Anunwa. I would also pick up Robert Woods if I needed assured production in week two. In our weekly ranks on playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings, I can assure you Robert Woods will have a higher projection for week two than either Tyrell Williams or Quincy Anunwa. But Robert Woods, like Dontrell Inman, is a replacement level wide receiver. But with this nebulous cloud of uncertainty surrounding Sammy Watkins' foot, Robert Woods becomes the de facto number one wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. And in fantasy football, opportunity trumps upside. So if I'm picking up a starter, I'm picking Robert Woods, I'm picking Dontrell Inman, I'm picking Eli Rogers. Because we're not sure when Marcus Whedon's going to be back. And even when he does come back, since when has anyone been impressed with Marcus Whedon's on-field production and on-field efficiency? It's never happened. No one's ever glowed when talking about Marcus Whedon's fantasy potential. So why should we dismiss Eli Rogers' long-term potential because of the presence of Marcus Whedon? No! 
you pick up Eli Rogers because he will produce fantasy points in the short term. As long as Marcus Whedon's out, you know Eli Rogers is going to produce. It's a very similar situation in Pittsburgh as you have in San Diego. Sammy Coates is the inconsistent athletic specimen getting outproduced by the more trustworthy, the more consistent Eli Rogers. The same thing is going to happen in San Diego. That's why I believe Dontrell Inman will outproduce Tyrell Williams in week two and beyond. Tyrell Williams and Quincy Inunua are the shiny objects in the free agent pool. And I'll bid up to 10% of my free agent auction budget on those players. Chasing the upside, stashing those high ceiling players on my bench. I love doing that. But I also participate in many leagues that start up to five wide receivers. And in those leagues, my waiver wire priority goes Dontrell Inman, Eli Rogers, Robert Woods.